Welcome to the Men and Hoodies Podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike shows such as First Take and Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, the man that the water shows, Brent Lyons, the OG, Roman Cleary, hey, that's me, and of course, the always jubilant, Jake Stoop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Men in Hoodies podcast. If you are a first-time listener, we are over on YouTube on the Men in Hoodies YouTube channel. Also, we have an Instagram at men.in.hoodies. If you're unfamiliar with us and this is maybe your first time, go and check those out. We have our face cams on YouTube. But let's go ahead and get into it. Today, we have some very interesting topics on the slate today. we got some big announcements from all the boys doing great things here at Men in Hoodies. We also got John Moran on the slate and then Victor Wimignana is most likely going to the Spurs. There's no reason for him not to after the Spurs won the NBA draft lottery. But guys, before we start getting into the big announcements, how are y'all feeling before we get into the episode? Well, it's been about a week and a half since we did our grand one-year anniversary episode where I was absolutely flamed once again for zero reason. But that's just a tradition that we have here on the Minute of These Podcast. So <laughs> after, I guess, technically missing last week, I'm glad to get back to it this week. I'm always happy to be here. There you go. Well, welcome to the show. To start out the episode, as I've mentioned a lot in the intro that if you were a first-time listener, and the reason I did that is because your boy took home a national award for the Sports Emmy Awards this coming up week. Me and Brent will be traveling to New York City on Monday, where I will be delivering a speech at the Sports Emmys for the Jim McKay Scholarship. Thank you to the National Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences for honoring my work as a sportscaster at Arlington High School this past year. And I'm super pumped about it. I've, I've obviously given some sermons in the past, and I've obviously do the podcast and some broadcasting and commentating. But standing up on a stage like that is going to be very nerve-wracking. I hope if you listen to this after the fact that it all went great, you love the speech and everything went well. But right now I'm pretty nervous. But, yeah, taking on $10,000 that I'm going to use for school. So it's, it's fantastic. Just so this will give be the, the last now. podcast that we have before you give that speech. Right. Yes. I don't. I don't want to practice it yet. I got to save it for in the moment. You know. Okay. I want to give okay. away too much of the information. You know, thirty yeah. seconds is a lot of time. I got to think about. You know, Wiki, Wiki games. Right. We're gonna we're gonna shout <laughs> out Wiki games. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, a lot of people have said you got to shout this out and this out and this out. I will say God will be shouted out and everything will be encompassed into that. That's my only leak I'm gonna give. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for it. But Roman. You also have a big announcement, man, also in the sports arena arena world. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, I do. My conversations with this particular announcement actually started a few weeks ago, so I knew this was actually happening well before it actually got announced or whatever. But I am am already a senior editor over at your next stop shop for everything University of Memphis Tigers, the Tiger (laughs) Blueprint. Uh, it is owned by the Wright Media Group and Ant Wright, also uh, at Hitman Hoops on Twitter. Uh, shout out to those two guys for giving me the opportunity. And again, I'm a senior editor because of my previous experiences with uh, sports journalism and writing and whatnot. I've already written uh, four stories that are published. I wrote uh, I wrote my fifth one today, actually on the softball and their, uh, I guess, disastrous eight and forty three season. So that's going to be dropping probably by the time this podcast comes out, but I've already written over, uh, uh, written four others over on the Tiger Blueprint that you can go check out right now, as well as other amazing and always free content 
that we're going to have over there. I can guarantee you that you will never see a paywall on that site like you do on others. So that's the big thing for us. We want to make sure that not only are we providing, you know, insightful insider content or whatever, but we're also making it available to everybody. No paywalls or anything like that. It's all about the content, the recognition for us. So yeah, head on over to tigerblueprint.com and get a head start. Become one of the earlier earlier members of the bandwagon, if you will, because we, re- we think this is going to go far and uh, hope to have you along for the ride. I love Daily Memphian and Commercial Appeal, but man, I'd rather yeah. hear Roman Cleary speak on the Memphis Tigers and not have to pay for it than see Jeff Calkins write another article and have to pay like $10 a year. So I'll take it, Roman. Thank you very much for heading that up. And did that all stem from Great the journalism services. board that you won? Is that the case? Well, it certainly played a factor, but I also just was able to build connections with these people. We uh, hosted a, a bunch of Twitter spaces where we talked about Memphis basketball and recruiting and things like that uh, over the past month or two. So I was able to build the relationships there. So I imagine I was one of the first people they called. We have about 10 writers on staff right now. And uh, as senior editor, I actually am um, kind of a, one of the bigger people in that. Not only am I writing my own articles and whatnot, but I'm also, you know, looking over other people's work, approving it, make sure it's in the right form and style and all that kind of stuff. So it's a big responsibility for me, bigger than some of the other people over there. But I look forward to the challenge. And yeah, hopefully this is going to start growing really here sooner rather than later. We already have over 220 followers on Twitter after being out for just, I think, four or five days at this point. So obviously, this is growing quicker than I think any of us could have. And we're thankful to all of you who have tuned in. I'm sure most of you already knew about what I was going to announce on here before this podcast. But for those of you that are just finding out, again, head on over to tigerblueprint.com to not only check out my work, but the work of everybody over on the site, because I think we're building something special here. Love it, man. Brent, what are you building, man? Tell us a little bit about it. Um, well, the only reason that they're letting me give an announcement is because beforehand I felt left out for, for not having a special, special announcement to give. Um, so this is, yeah, I've been told that before. And I've also been told, shout out Dakota Tucker that I'm not special. Oh no, is Brent frozen again? Of course he did. Is it because his computer's dead? (laughs) Hopefully not because that's what happened last week. Oh, my um, goodness. Oh, wait, I still hear him. Is he still here? Brent, you cut out again. <laughs> hey, I don't know what's wrong, guys. It's I don't want to hear it. That, Go back through it. What'd you say? I didn't I I didn't really I didn't really say much. I was just blabbing about how I get a free mini week recap where I get to talk about something now. Um and don't have to talk about it later. But I guess my um my big announcement quote on what would no, not again, please. Nike out. Guys, just 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 go Stay on. Stay with me here, Brent. Come on. No, no, I'm not I'm going return of Big Brain Roman. That is not going to happen. I I <laughs> No way. I, don't think, I think this that I haven't again. It's destiny, I tell you. Destiny. Brent, man, I think it's your Wi-Fi or something. I don't know what's going on. Oh boy, that sucks. Roman, should we move on, or should we give the announcement I'm, for him, or what? I'm, I'm right. I'm right here, guys. Okay, guys, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what y'all are talking about. I've literally been here the whole time. Um, it does say we that can't my hear streaming you. Co- yeah, your screen keeps my, on freezing on our end. 
my streaming quality is so low. I don't know what to do. Oh, well, hey, just run through it real quick. Don't blast. Can you hear Tell that? Yes, we can hear you. I don't. I don't want an announcement. No, I don't want it. Just start the episode. That's well, first announcement. His screen is uncontrollably freezing on a weekly basis right here on the Men's Movies podcast. I Probably don't not the do most anything. Professional environment for us to be open about our technical difficulties, but it is what it is. We're human. We want y'all to understand that. There you and, go. Yeah. Come back next week for some more frozen screen, right? So we I didn't get like the burnt guys. Dylan Brooks jersey. We didn't get that ultimately. See, we didn't get, uh, we didn't get that jersey. It's going to happen with the shirt. Maybe not the jersey because the jersey was like 120 bucks. Actually, it was 85. But uh, I think the shirt might have to go for sure. But I want to see. I want to see Dylan Brooks signed just to be sure because obviously we're going to get into this in a second. The Grizzlies front office may do good on the uh, drafting side and the trading side, but there's a lot of questionable things that they're letting go at the moment. And who knows if re-signing Dylan Brooks, even though they said they weren't going to, is one of those things. Let's go ahead and get into it. John Morant is back. And the reason I say that is because the real John Morant that we've been seeing off the court on camera is back. We all thought it was gone after the last Denver incident. He said, I apologize. I'm sorry. I take full responsibility for this. I will move on. I'm getting counseling. I'm sorry to the Grizzlies organization and the fan base. And then we see John Morant in one of his friends' Instagram live videos, yet again, him flash a gun, probably unintentionally, but it still happened, in the car blasting some rap music, right? The whole media goes ballistic. John Morant shows his gun again on social media. Roman, what is your reaction to this? What do you think should happen? What do you make of it? I mean, why is John Morant in this situation yet again? Well, if I'm being honest, when I first saw it, I initially had no reaction. I wasn't even surprised, really. And I don't know what to make of that, really. Uh, Of course, as time went on and I more thought about it, of course, I developed some sort of reaction. But I hate to say it, but this type of behavior is slowly starting to become what we've just, what we're just expecting of John Morant. We want to see out of him, obviously. I want to make a few things clear before I go on here. One, I am not coming on here to criminalize John Morant, no matter how ridiculous what he did was, no matter how stupid it was, no matter how bad it makes him and the Grizzlies organization look. He did not break the law. We want to make that thing clear. He did not break the law. Correct. But just because something is legal, that doesn't mean you should do it. And this is clearly one of those incidences here. The first time that we talked about this, when this first happened, I brought up basically, is this going to be the one thing that we really see? And it all goes away after that? Or is it going to go the other way? Well, I think we have our answer here. This, unfortunately, looks like it's going to be a reoccurring thing. I don't know if he's going to ever flash a gun on Instagram ever again. But I think we just have to accept the fact that we have to become aware of potentially watching for more incidences with John Morant. Because there are clearly some mental issues going on there. I know that's a sensitive thing to say, 
And if you want to call me out and say, I shouldn't be saying something like that. I don't know, but I think it's pretty obvious that there is something wrong in his head. He clearly is dealing with things that he's not addressing properly. Uh, I, I was always a little skeptical as was, I think everybody when his first mental rehabilitation that he went through during his first suspension earlier in the season, it went by really quickly. I think it was pretty obvious that the Grizzlies were trying to just sweep this under the rug, make it go away as quickly as possible and just get him back for playoff basketball. Because at the end of the day, the Grizzlies are an NBA team and basketball and winning basketball games is what makes them money. So I don't blame them for taking that approach, but at the same time, John Morant, is the guy that you are investing your everything into. John Morant is the supposed future of your franchise. And as such, you have to take a bit more attention and a bit more detail into what's going on here. And I think as a whole, this is just another representation of the fact that the Grizzlies, they might have a culture problem. I know that's not what Memphians want to hear, but Taylor Jenkins, and Jason Wexler and Zach Kleiman, these guys, in terms of the way that these guys are acting off the court and sometimes on the court, they are running a circus. This thing is a clown show. Dylan Brooks called LeBron James old and washed and that he won't respect him until he puts up 40 points. And Dylan got absolutely embarrassed, as did the entire Grizzlies organization when they lost to a seven seed in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And now we see this behavior Again, happening off the court with John Morant doing his little bling bling, I'm tougher than everybody act on Instagram, you know, flashing his gun. I will never, and I mean never, understand with, uh, I will never understand one's obsession and one's desire to show others that, oh, I got a gun. I'm armed, baby. Especially in a time where gun violence and gun control are among the most critical issues that we have in the United States. And right. by far the biggest issue in the United States that is currently being unaddressed for the most part. So when right. you see John Morant as a young person, you know, flashing his gun on Instagram, that's not gonna send the right message. It's just not. And now mm -hmm. I'm sure that, sure John Morant probably didn't mean for it to happen this time. It wasn't nearly as blatant as it was last time, but John Morant's gotta be more self-aware. First off, who are you hanging around? Because whoever was shooting that video, knowing that John Morant was flinging his gun around in the car, that is most likely a person that does not have John Morant's best interest at heart, which is, again, something that I think all of us brought up the last time this happened. You Correct. have to keep your circle tight and you have to understand that not everybody is looking out for you. Not everybody is really your friend at the end of the day. And clearly the person shooting that video on Instagram Live he falls into that category. So shame on him too for this, honestly. But John Morant still has to be aware, hey, the, phone, the phone's out. He's probably going live. NBA young boys blasting in the car. I do not want to be flashing my gun. Like, it, it all just comes down to common sense. I know that I'm kind of rambling on here and you two need to talk about this as well. But again, John Morant, he's not a criminal, but he deserves to be suspended clearly. I hope the Grizzlies address this a lot more harshly than they did last time. And as much as I don't want to see him get suspended for like the first 20 or 30 games of the season, because that would essentially end the Grizzly season before it even starts, that may be what's necessary to get John Morant in the right headspace.
I don't. I was kind of with you for the most part up until the fact that it would end their season because we've seen in the past that John Morant not playing for the Grizzlies doesn't really have an impact on their record. Oh, and that or goes has on for like thirty past. games in a row. I think that they went really. It was thing. a thirty game stretch two years ago, and they went like twenty two and eight. Like it. Like we've seen this happen before, but that doesn't change my opinion on um, this matter. I think the and you guys are probably going to like to hear this, but I think that Memphis is the wrong place for Jaw. Um, I'm going to be honest, and I don't think it's a team dynamic because normally when you look at this stuff, you're looking at like, oh, it's not a right team fit. Oh, the cult, like this, this, like the culture of the team doesn't fit right with him, his play style, and things like that. I think that the culture of Memphis is not the right place for John Morant, as well as like a place like probably Detroit Pistons, different things like that. I think that the area that Jaw has been placed in as a young, I, I guess you would say superstar, and a city full of young people in a city where it is not, we are not the most friendly city. Um, I feel like that's pretty, a pretty blatant and obvious point. Memphis is not the safest city um, of the 30 cities that home basketball teams in the NBA. And I think that the mix of him being a young player, very likable, very involved in the community. And it's, of course it's easy to find the wrong people anywhere you go but the fact that the grizzlies as an organization haven't done anything about this like they like roman said they kind of swept it under the rug the first time around and you can see the nba kind of taking control of it now after the season is over i feel like the it's like it's moved from a a grizzlies issue to an issue with like the city as a whole and not saying that the city of memphis is bad but saying that the city of memphis and john morant I just don't think work out because you there should be no reason to get used to having to see this kind of stuff with an NBA basketball player. It's not really anything that we've experienced before where you've had to deal with your star player now repeatedly having issues on social media or different things like that where he's seen with a gun in hand on Instagram Live, different things like that. Whether it was him posting it blatantly or somebody else doing it himself, you never want to put yourself in that situation. Like, Back in the day with the Magic Johnson issues, back in the day with the Kobe Bryant issues in 2003, different things like that. Even Dennis Rodman and his trip to Vegas during the playoffs and different things like that. These are issues that were hot-button topic issues that almost got NBA players' seasons derailed completely for something that now you look back on it and wasn't even nearly as serious as something like this could be. And I feel like while John Morant is a successful NBA player and while he still will have a successful career wherever he goes, I have a feeling that it shouldn't be in Memphis just for the reasons that I don't, I don't know if the problems can be fixed while he's here because it's pretty clear that Memphis doesn't care about anything but the product that comes out on the court because they had an opportunity to fix that in the regular season, but they didn't. And it's clear because afterwards the NBA had to take control of this and ultimately punish him even further and the fact that he did it again showed that there was no true change and it was kind of again swept under the rug and just been like all right how can we avoid this but act like something is okay so that we can get our best basketball out of you so i i just don't think that memphis um ultimately is the home for john morant permanently at this point but it's no hate on memphis or john morant because obviously that one could not be successful without the other and vice versa but I think that at this point, if this trend is going to continue, it you probably need to nip it now 
instead of letting it to continue to go on and ultimately hurt your franchise yeah. even more. So. Hmm. I disagree and I agree. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of things in both y'all's things that I can challenge. Um, one of them, yes, I completely agree that the Grizzlies organization has not handled this right. They suspended him and, you know, had him go to counseling just to see this problem occur again. And they weren't around to catch him. He was in a car with somebody that nobody knows who it was. So, yes, I agree um, that the Grizzlies organization needs to handle it better. And I agree that maybe having a young GM and a young coach, as in how long he's been a head coach, is not the best mix for also a young athlete. Um, and I also agree that the Grizzlies have not had the best culture, especially for young athletes. Um, we've seen – I don't know if you brought this up, Brandon, your little list of people who had – um, who had had issues but still worked out. But Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero is a great example of that. Tyler Hero has a lot of his pride issues that have been fixed in Miami. Um, they haven't been a big problem. Jimmy Butler was a problem everywhere he was until he's gotten to Miami, and they are just embracing his mentality, and it's winning them games, but also he's not in trouble. Um, I think that's another good example of that um, in Miami. So, yes, while maybe other organizations handle things better, they they change their guys. I would argue that Memphis and their high crime rate or whatever and their young population and people who like to be prideful, I don't think that can be a reason to say that he doesn't need to stick here long term because John Morant is absolutely the type of guy that if he were to change, then everyone would rally around that. I would love to see John Morant stay here and completely fix his issues. Because if that's the case, then we are going to see a young generation of Memphians that is continuing to idolize this guy but for the right reasons. Because I think we can all agree the jaw off the court before these incidents, he has had a very, very good heart. Always in the community, serving, giving out food. He even gave his dad a full house right next to him. Like He is always seemingly giving yeah, away. Young fan, a very early version of his John ones as well. After a game. Right, like he exactly he did that multiple times. I think we can all agree that pre-incident in Denver, this is a guy that all of us could say that we look up to for being this popular and remaining a good person. Um, so I think that the pride, the money, the influences have gotten to him. But I think if you move him out of Memphis, that doesn't fix his issues. It just puts them a little bit under the radar until something bigger can happen. And we got to we got to say yes, Roman, you are mm -hmm. dead on that. Um, that he hasn't breaking the law, but that doesn't mean he can't continue to do this stuff, which is correct. It shows that he has a lot of issues despite him not breaking the law. But again, he hasn't broken the law. He has not done anything that is warranting him jail time. I mean, I, I would like to guess that a lot of guys in the NBA do own a gun because they live in very expensive houses where people are constantly trying to, I'm assuming, break in and populate and the media is always trying to go there. I assume that a lot of them have guns. The problem is that Jaw is proud about it. And I don't think moving a city to a different city is going to fix that problem. I think really the GM and the coach and all that need to tighten up their organization and say, Jaw, if you want us to believe in you and trust in you and continue to put you in positions to succeed, then you are going to have to fix this. And if not, let him walk and go somewhere else. But either way, those issues aren't being fixed unless he and someone else comes together and says, okay, we're going to stop this. I don't think relocating to another city is going to fix those issues necessarily. Well, that's Brent, the thing. Brent, I would. Um, and, yeah. 
Brent, I would maybe take your point under more consideration if the Grizzlies weren't currently clo- coached by an absolute clown who not only can't come up with real basketball schemes, but also has a real inability of establishing a culture, establishing a mentality. Because clearly, this has not just been a John Morant issue in terms of acting on and off the court. We've seen right. it with Dylan Brooks. We've seen it with other guys, too. Taylor Jenkins is not the right man to lead the Grizzlies long-term. So I think Taylor Jenkins has to go before we can even consider letting John Morant go. Because John Morant, he can be fixed. As, as bad as this is, with a little bit of I agree. help and more attention towards mental counseling and other things like that, maybe a bit more of an adult figure there helping him out that isn't an absolute clown like Taylor Jenkins, this can be fixed. Otherwise, you know, on the other side, Taylor Jenkins, that this is just not the right team for him to coach. Taylor Jenkins is a pushover. He doesn't command. He just, he's basically a bystander. He just stands there, crossed arms like this, and just hopes that it all works out. That's not the guy the Grizzlies need. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that John Morant currently lacks a leader in his life that can really guide him in the right direction, because I don't know if T. Moran is that, even his father. He's not. It's just, I don't know. I, I just think we need to see Ja get more of an adult role model in his life well, and try to help him fix these issues before we can consider, does he need to be in Memphis, you know? Well, well, that's the well, that's part of the thing for me. I mean, I think, like, yeah, I would love to see it work out. And I'm not, like, in me saying that Memphis isn't the place for him, isn't, like, I want I want John Morant in Memphis. I don't want as someone who lives in Memphis. I see the I see how much joy that good Grizzlies basketball brings to the city, and right. I don't want I don't want that to change. But what I but when you think of all these young guys or young guys in the past, obviously not young now, but like obviously different personalities. But when you think I'm thinking of someone, I'm going to use Steph Curry as an example. When he came into the league. He wasn't as successful right away, so maybe not the exact same situation. But still, when he started to go up these charts rapidly, like even though that it wasn't immediate, their ascension to how good they were in the amount of seasons was pretty much the same. Like Steph Curry rose to the greatness he was in about the same amount of time when it started as Jaw did. And so I think the difference in this is like part what both of you partly said the lack of role models john Morant is leading a team as a leader when he is in his early 20s as compared to somebody who say like steph curry had guys like sean livingston leonardo barbosa all these other guys who had been the andre Gidala, who had been in the league for a very long time kind of helping him out um to understand i'm not going to say steve kerr because steve kerr was an inexperienced coach at the time um, when they hired him so i i don't i'm not going to count him in there either because um i i don't feel like you can fuel the taylor jenkins fire there um because i feel like they are kind of in the same boat as far as that goes um but i think that the the fact that they put john a leadership position and kind of foregoed having any sort of veteran mm-hmm. on the team. Like they have no, there's, there's no veteran on that Steven team. Adams. Really, he I, he doesn't count. He, like you, like to, in my opinion, Stephen Adams is just as much of, of a child, not in the sense of his, of his like maturity or anything like that, but in the way that he presents himself 
and the what? media like he's always talking he's, about he's always to me and what, what i see from him he's done? always he is i'm not let me finish you just said he i never felt like a child give me evidence as to how he's done that you didn't give me a chance okay okay May go I? ahead because i All think right, that's stupid you. what is then let me talk done? then let me talk <laughs> calm down <laughs> good night I said that not in maturity, but the way he presents himself in the media, you always see him like he spent the entire season singing in Verizon commercials instead of playing basketball like that. That's not he's he's not the veteran guy on your team. Like, I don't see any like if you're picking a veteran to lead your team, I'm thinking like in the sense of like if I'm comparing to centers, I'm thinking Al Horford. I'm thinking somebody like that, somebody who's been the league, had success, isn't isn't too involved in the different things that are going around when it comes to the basketball season he doesn't involve himself with too much media he's good at basketball he gets his stuff done and he leads his team behind the scenes steven adams is in my opinion no way really involved with that like he like you can't see any impact that he has on his team that doesn't really relate to the court like there's not like i don't think steven and steven adams has any sway over what john morant does or what Jaron Jackson does, or what Dylan Brooks does. I just don't think that he has that influence over them. I feel like John Morant is the biggest point of influence on that team, whereas on lots of other teams in the NBA, especially young teams, they have an older guy who everybody on their team respects. I can tell you right now that everyone on the Miami Heat, if you don't just have some told them to do something, besides maybe Jimmy Butler, every single one of them would listen to him exactly what he told them to do. Because even though he may be the worst player on that team, he's been there for 22 years. He's 40 something years old and he knows his way around. They're going to listen to him no matter what. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies do not have somebody like that, that no, nobody on that team. If you're pinpointing somebody that Taylor Jenkins against somebody like that, as it goes, it, it goes past being a coach. A coach can only do so much. It takes a player. Like not if you get the right person in there. Steve Kerr was the exact same way when he started. So how, how do you Steve think Popovich Kerr, stuck around for so long and won so many championships? Because he, how do you think because he had, stuck around for so long? Because, because he they had are somebody who was experienced as a leader on the court. I think Rick Carlisle is stuck in the league for so long. He is a leader. Because, because when he got to the team, he had somebody to work with that was on the court that was a player that could help him relate to his guys. It takes more than a coach. The coach doesn't play basketball. The coach doesn't go through the same things that everybody else goes through on the court. He is just the coach. He can only do so much to motivate them. That's why they have team player-only meetings because it goes true, past the coach. Honestly. A coach is always going to be the most important part of the team in most situations. I don't, I don't think there's anything you can do that would convince me otherwise coaching above all wins in sports that's how it works and you can deny that all you want you can dispute that all you want but it's the truth and i'll say this as well you say john morant memphis is not his best fit i just don't know again if i can fully agree with that because let's just face it here memphis has become more than just a place to play for john morant memphis is his home he genuinely wants to be here if he didn't, he wouldn't have signed a five-year extension. John Morant has no, he fully embraced the city of Memphis from not just a basketball perspective, from, but from just a, a person, a, a personal perspective, a culture. And the city, the city, John Morant wants to too. be here. Yeah. And the city, do you think it would really do the best for his mental health for him to go somewhere where he may not want to be? Is that going to do the best thing for his mental health? I don't think so. Being a place the, where he's uncomfortable, the uh, being a place where he doesn't want to be. 
maybe he wouldn't have signed the five-year deal if he didn't want to be here. But considering how much money has an impact on his life and knowing that if he gets traded, he still gets that money, I think securing the money was a little more important to him than maybe where the he Grizzlies was at the time. The Grizzlies will almost never trade him. The Grizzlies will I, never no, trade him I know. something insane happens. Well, I mean, something insane is gearing up to happen if they're not careful. So, I mean, we're we're almost in that situation right now. Um, but I, I think I think that we're we're putting a very negative light on what Taylor Jenkins has done. And let's I think I just really no not us that. Roman um, well Roman but because he's a clown. We I think we can all agree that leadership means a big a big part of this, right? But John Moran and Dylan Brooks are the only guys on this team that I was ever concerned about. And before Ja, it was just Dylan. Think about the other the, young guys on this team leaders. that he's brought in. Desmond Bain is one of the best shooters in the league at 20 through 20, 22, 23 years old. He's fine. He's barely been in the media for the stuff he's done. Tyus yeah, Jones you, is one yeah, of the yeah, best yeah, yeah, Where did Desmond Bain grow up? John, Con- John Conchar. And then you've got all these other young guys as well. Brandon Clark is in there. You can throw Brandon in there. I'm just saying – We've gotten the guys out that have had attitude issues, like Grayson Allen. He's out. We traded him away for um, Desmond. We traded him away to give Desmond Bain a better spot on the on the depth chart. I'm just saying, guys that have that been a problem in this organization, we have shown that now trying to get rid of Dylan Brooks and saying we're not going to sign him under any consideration, that the Grizzlies front office and organization is trying their best to get rid of the guys that are causing issues. But John Brandt's a different story. I think that now – You've got Dylan Brooks out of the locker room. You can now focus solely on John Morant's issues when it comes to him being off the court. And I think that's going to be pay huge dividends because now not only can the front office and the coaching staff focus on Ja, but also can the other players around him. Because Dylan Brooks has taken a lot of the spotlight, especially in that playoff run that we went on, for the spotlight wasn't on Ja. It was on everything that Dylan Brooks is doing. So now that all the guys can come together and say, Ja, we truly care about you. We want to make sure that you succeed off the court so you can stay with us on the court because you can average 30 points a game. We're going to help you out in any way possible. So I think that alone right there is going to be enough for the Grizzlies and Ja to stay together long-term if we can keep our core around and really rally around Ja, not just on the court but off the court. I think the Grizzlies are fine. Um, just to, Now this is a question I was going to ask. What should the NBA do regarding this situation? Because obviously this is – when this has happened in the past, huge suspensions have came up. When I forgot what his name was, um, the guy Tyreek Evans, when he had weed problems, they suspended him for yes. two years. There's been other betting issues where people have been suspended, especially in the NFL. That's been a recurring theme. What should happen for John Morant in this case? I mean, the talk has been 20 to 30 games. And honestly, from an unbiased perspective, that's probably warranted because – the NBA and the Grizzlies gave John Morant a chance the first time around. They gave him kind of the easy way out. You know what? We'll give you a slap on the wrist here, but do not let this happen again. Well, guess what? It's happened again. Come on. Let's go. Going to learn your lesson, right? Again, it's, it's not what I want to see happen, but ultimately, it's not up to me. And the Grizzlies fandom in me doesn't matter in this situation. So. Being objective here, I would say 20 to 30 games is probably appropriate. Brent? And I think so. Like, the, we saw, I agree with Roman with the slap on the wrist from the first time exactly. Um, I think they gave him a slap on the wrist, and it was too easy. 
um, because obviously now we're sitting here having the same conversation again when we said that if it came up, it would need to be a little more serious the next time around. But I think what we've seen, and I think of the last dance when I think of this, is kind of like when um, Commissioner wanted Michael Jordan to be the face of the league, so they kind of were a little more lenient with him because they wanted him to be the next face of what the NBA would look like. I feel like John Brandt now is one of these faces that the NBA is kind of wanting to promote as like the future of the league. We're kind of moving. We have moved completely past the LeBron, Steph um, face faces of the league at this point. They're kind of fading figures. Um, even in the success they're still having, they are fading figures. They're no longer the face. Right now, it's kind of going to Luka and Ja and Giannis and all these different people. And I feel like the NBA definitely wants to go in the direction where Jaw is one of the main focal points of that. And I think that the the only way you can get that out of him is by making the example of him first. Um, and that ultimately does mean a, a hefty suspension, whether that's 20, 30 games, whatever it needs to be. Because ultimately, there's there's not going to be any change without consequence um every like right. when you're a kid when you're a kid if your mom just tells you not to do that again but there's no consequence for what you did then you're still going to do it again because there nothing happened nothing bad happened to you when you did it the first time so why not do it again nothing right. bad happened to jaw the first time he did it like because to our to our eyes he stepped away from the team on his own accord to help figure himself out nothing right. bad happened to jaw on his in anybody's eyes because that was on his own accord and hit in his mind he did that himself now, maybe yeah. the organization kind of pushed him towards that, but it was kind of like reverse psycho psychology where they kind of led him to make that decision. He, in right. the media's eyes, made that choice. So the NBA yeah. stepping in, Adam Silver saying, hey, Ja, this is unacceptable. This is, this is how we expect somebody of your caliber to act. This is how you want need to act if you want to make it in this league, want to be a face of this league like we know you want to be. If you want to do this, we're going to need to see change. And in order for us to see change, we're going to need you to take 20 to 30 games off. This is what it's going to take. And we need to see change or it will be worse next time. I feel like the only way is if in the situation with the mom and the kid where the punishment is actually shown, don't put your hand on the hot stove. You put your hand on the hot stove, you get burned. You don't do it again. Ja has put his hand on the hot stove. He didn't get burned the first time, but he he deserves to get burned the second time. And, and hopefully that it it doesn't that it leaves a mark but a mark that you that you can turn around from it and see change from it and actual change instead of kind of just something that you look back on so right i have a question for y'all for my point so when's the point that y'all got to the age where you said spankings don't hurt anymore my like, parents stopped giving them to me like mine was like 10 yeah eight or nine something like that okay so for me, when I got to that age and my parents said, I'm going to give you a spanking, I was like, okay, so what? They don't hurt anymore. And I think that's the situation that John Morant's going through. Because I think we've all identified that John Morant's problem isn't that he's focusing too much on the NBA. It's that he's focusing too much on his money and the social media. What I think the Grizzlies need to do, and this might sound far-fetched, but you've got to hit the problem where it hurts. Because like you said, Brent, if you don't take away the things that he loves and the things that are genuinely a problem for him, then we're going to see not going to see true change. What I think they need to do is, like you said, suspend him for a couple games, but also suspend him without pay, because that will show him that John Morant, if you're going to act like this long term, we have a right through the NBA to cut your contract. And I think they need to show him a little bit of a glimpse and say, if gun issues are going to be a problem, 
you're not going to get paid for this. No one's going to pay you if you have these issues. Suspend him without pay. Let him stay with the team. Because I think taking him away from the guys that are going to mean the most to him long term and get him through this is could be the worst thing you can do. Separating him from the guys that he's going to have to be with and that are going to have to rally around him is worse for both sides. I think you take away the thing that's going to hurt him the most, but you keep him around the guys that he needs to be around. Suspend him, suspend him without pay. Let him be a part of team activities. Let him do all the things he needs to do um, to get right, but take away the thing that will hurt him most and the thing that ultimately he holds the most pride in. Do you all think that's too far-fetched? Oh, no, I, I never said take him away from the team. I just said don't let him play. Right. I was just don't saying play in general. Games. I was saying in general. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't let him play. If, if you want to keep him with the team and let him participate in activities, that's fine. But do not let him play. Yeah. Because then that just shows no accountability at all. Right. I think also taking him off social media would be a good idea as well. You can't really do that. It's, it's, you, it's hard to force somebody to do that, especially of John Morant's stature. But right. if you can do that, great. Right. But we'll, we'll see what the Grizzlies ultimately do. But I think all of us can agree that we want to see the best version of Ja. And I think that's how we ended the conversation last time. But hopefully the Grizzlies do what's right. The guys that need to rally around him do. And the guys that don't go as far away as possible, hopefully with a little bit of encouragement from the front office. But let's move yeah. on to oh, wait. another I, young one, player. One more go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, one more thing. Uh, I said this last time at the end, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it again. I want to go back to John Morant being not only a young, you know, a role model for young people, but also a father figure for his daughter. What is his daughter going to see 10 years from now when she looks him up on the internet wanting to learn more right. about him? Is she going to see him dunking on Yaka Pertle? Or is she going to see him flashing guns on Instagram Live? Again, he's got to make that decision right now. It's go time. Right. He's got to make that decision. Correct. And ultimately, no one can make it for him. That's the biggest thing we got to remember. Victor Wimignana, this has been the most popular topic in the NBA. And I know that, you know, the playoffs have been going on. The Joker's been doing his thing. Jimmy Butler's been doing his thing. Both those teams are not all up 2-0. But I think the topic of the week, starting Tuesday night, has been, is Victor Wimignana the best prospect we've ever seen? Adrian Wojnarowski went to the point and said that he will be the best player on offense and defense by his third season. Third season. This is a 7'5 freak athlete that can seemingly do anything he wants to. He's been already playing pro ball. We saw him two years ago play a 1v1 on Rudy Gobert when he was a lot better than he is at the moment. And I think he beat him in that 1v1. I'm just saying, when you're a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, you're already beating Rudy Gobert in a one-on-one. Either Rudy Gobert's got some issues, which I think we all agree he does, but you have some talent to go up against that guy. So what do y'all think from this? Is Adrian Wojnarowski far-fetched in this comment? Or does he have some validity here? Honestly, I think the whole hype around Victor Wimbignana, I think he's going to be an amazing player. But in a sense, he just seems a bit too good, good to be true. Does that make mm. any sense to y'all? Does that make any sense? Uh, kind of. Explain. I just, first off, he's not the best prospect ever. He's not. I'm never going to see, I'm never going to say that anybody has ever been a better prospect than LeBron. I, I think agree. LeBron's always going to hold that crown as being the best draft prospect we've ever seen. I mean, people were straight up calling him King James before he entered the NBA. His high school games were on main ESPN all the time, national TV, everything. That's what Everyone rallied around LeBron. And as much as Victor Wimbignana has been hyped up, I have not seen quite the same thing. Now, Wimbignana is 
obviously the closest thing we've gotten to that since then. But I just don't know. I don't think that he's going to be the best player in the league by his third year. That just seems very far-fetched in my opinion. I mean, I don't care if he's a 7'5 freak athlete or whatever. That's honestly what scares me the most. Yeah. It's guys like that who have these freak unicorn-like bodies that never seem to work out, you know? And Victor Wimignon is obviously going to work out. He's obviously going to be an amazing player. But you never know. He's 7'5". His body could easily break down. Those bodies come, you know, as both a blessing and a curse. There's the good and the bad part to it. I mean, those guys can easily be susceptible to injury. We've seen it before in the past. And again, I'm not necessarily predicting for that to happen to Victor Wimbignana, but I think it's pretty clear that he's more prone to those types of things than, say, LeBron was back in his day. Because LeBron's a freak, but he's still 6'8", 6'9". You know, his body is still a lot more sustainable to, mm-hmm. I guess, maintain and, you know, play long stretches of basketball and stuff like that. And he can still, like, jump and all that stuff without getting tired and all that. Victor Wimbignana is obviously a freak something that we've never seen before. So when you're going into more uncharted, unfamiliar territory, there's a lot more questions to that. LeBron wasn't exactly that. We had seen guys of his stature and his size and his strength before. But what LeBron did is that he was just so fundamentally awesome that he took it to another level. Victor Wimignana is just more about him being like just so freakishly athletic and insanely rare. You know, we've never seen anything like him before. So we're just standing back, sitting back in astonishment, complete awe. And, of course, he's also fundamentally great. He can shoot the lights out of the ball, play anywhere on the floor, and do all that. And I will, again, preface this by saying that I think he's going to be an amazing player. And I think he's in a really lucky situation to land with the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich, who has coached guys like David Robinson and Tim Duncan in the past. Tim Duncan, in my opinion, is the greatest power forward to ever play basketball. So... He obviously could have landed in much worse spots than this. He could have gone to Houston or Detroit or something like that. So Looks he like should he be lucky that he didn't end up in those spots. So I think Wibbenyad is in a very good situation. I think he's going to be an unbelievably fantastic player as long as he stays healthy. But to suggest that he's going to be the best player in the league by his third year and that he's a better player, I mean, excuse me, a better prospect than LeBron James was, I just think that's a little bit too far-fetched, just a little bit. I think that the way I think that the way that we look at prospect doesn't necessarily mean how talented you are now. It's how much media attention you get, which like we saw it with Zion and we see it now with Victor Wembanyama. I think it, like people think that he is a a better prospect just because of what we can see. In 2003, when LeBron was coming into the league, you didn't have as much. We still had like a lot more than we did say when MJ and different people like this, Kevin Garnett and Kobe to name like high school athletes who came into the league, but you didn't, but compared to what we have now compared to 2003, we had nothing as far as like you, like this guy doesn't even have to be on national television for you to still be able to watch all of his highlights. I don't think that we had, um, the NBA has obviously expanded so much since 2003, like Victor Wimbignana would not be in a professional league in 2003 because I don't know if we had all these professional leagues for athletes to play in and also I think that back then there was a rule against like the and there was an age you had to hit before you were even allowed to play in these professional leagues because I remember um, some issues with other players not being able to come to the United States until they hit a certain age because of that Um, but as far as like the best prospect 
um, we've ever seen. I think that just comes down to what we can see, which is ultimately the reason people are saying that is because there is so much more to see compared to what we had available to us in past times. Um, I am, I am to the point in my life where um, just like past people before me who never would want to say that they don't like the new style of basketball. They prefer the MJ style and different things like that. I am to that point now where I prefer my LeBron and stuff style. And um, I, I don't like many of these new um, type players. I am a, not a Zion hater, but I am a Zion against her. Um, I am a Chet Holmgren against her. And ultimately I'm not a big Victor Wimbanyana fan either. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's just, I don't, I don't think he'll be the best player in the league by his third season. I don't see how that, like you look at it and it's just like Roma said, it seems too good to be true. I don't understand how they're like, I don't like, it just seems like you place this player who has all the attributes of different past great players that have had this attribute, but not this other one he has, Oh, he has the shooting, but he's not this tall. So he can't play in the paint or his defense isn't as good. It looks like we have this kind of guy sitting right in front of us, but it seems like it's too good to be true. And I'm not like, and also this guy's like the exact same age as me. So it's kind of weird for me to be looking at this and like, kind of like foaming at the mouth over some guy who may even be younger than me. Like, it's kind of weird to kind of look at that now and, and kind of say that, um, but obviously he was put in a great position being um, 99% sure he's getting drafted by the Spurs. Um, Tim Duncan look, works heavily um, with the San Antonio Spurs still. So having him as a mentor coming into right. your first year in the league is going to be huge. Um, but I'm so, like, I don't, I don't have a reason to not like Victor Wimbanyana, but I am just hesitant to be this way just because I'm at that point. Um, where I, I'm just not a fan um, of these new players as much anymore. It's just, it's just hitting me there now. Um, I think he's a great player. I think he's gonna be, he's gonna be one of, one of the great players of this TikTok generation of NBA players. Um, TikTok generation, but, that's perfect. That's but perfect. I don't the TikTok era. Yes. yes. But I don't. I. <laughs> I don't see. I don't. It seems too good to be true, and I'm. But uh, go MJ. Go MJ. Okay, let's just say, let's say his offense sucked. Okay, like he was not good at offense. Coming into the league, I'm confident that five years in, at least, he is a top five defender, top five rim protector. If he is bad at offense and stays healthy, he's a top five rim protector because he's seven five with an elite wingspan. Rudy Gobert also came from France. And he was two-time defensive player of the year in his third and fourth season. Like, I am very confident that Victor Wimignana can do that. Offensively, he is like that of a Kevin Durant type of style. He's a unicorn who can shoot, who can drive, who can create his own shot. And let's not think that France is some terrible league. We saw Luka come in from Slovenia playing for Real Madrid, and he immediately was a 20-point-per-game scorer in his rookie year. And he got put in a perfect position in the same way I think Victor Wimignana is. So when you look at it that way, if he is just a specialist and not a all-around unicorn player, then I think, yes, he is a top-five category in whatever situation he chooses. Maybe not a ball handler or a floor general, but if you're talking about elite wing, if you're talking about elite shot blocker, elite rebounder, I think he's there. I think if he adds Giannis muscle and he doesn't get hurt, he is right there. 
because he is a different he's a higher level of Giannis when it comes to shooting he's already a better shooter than Giannis is in my opinion he's already a better shot blocker because he's taller and has a longer wingspan he's just got to get buffer and I think that that's a little bit of an area of concern because Giannis still gets hurt even when he is so physically massive at this point he came in like a twig and added all this muscle and yet he still gets injured consistently so that's the only thing that I think would deter Victor Wimignana from being like that but I I don't want y'all to say that he's too good and use that it's too good to be true as a reason to say that he can't be a top five player in the league in his third season because looking at the way he is right now, no, no I'm saying that he you from can't that be best this. because that's what Woj said. That's the one that you brought up at the beginning of this of this discussion. So you he's think he's the be best player five. on both offense and defense, meaning that he you will be the best be player five? in the entire NBA by his third season, and that's going to be top five. It's not true. That's not going to be true. No, I agree. I agree. He can't be the best offensive player. Do you think that he can be top five? Again, yeah, I just said he can be top five, but to suggest that he's going to be the best player in the entire NBA by his third season, right. considering the league that we're watching right now, I agree. No, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to watch the NBA in three seasons anyway. So, like, it's, like, he's not going to be better than right. Luca. He's not going to be a, be better than Jaw. He's not going to be better than those guys. I'm sorry, he's not. Not going to be better than Giannis, assuming that he's still in his prime by the time we get around to that. But without injury, what is making you say that he can't? Because what, is there a reason to say that he's not going to be? Because he's in the perfect position with the perfect coach, like Brent said, with maybe a perfect mentor in Tim Duncan. What would keep him from being that without being injured? Nothing. He's going to be a great player. He's going to be top five. The fact Jake. That he's in the be- NBA. It's the NBA. Jake. The, the greatest Jake. basketball league in the world. No matter how good Victor Wimbignana is, there is going to be an adjustment period there. It's going to be unlike anything he's ever played in before, anything he's ever seen before. But Luca, no matter how good about the French all the leagues that he's in are, he is far and away the most talented player in those leagues. There's no I'm doubt about going, it. Um, I, That's not going to be the case he, in the league. If he is not hurt and he transitions well, he will be the best player in the NBA. If he, he will be top five by his third season. I I agree. But I will you will never see me backing Victor Wimbignana. You will never see me cheering for him. And you will <laughs> never be see me supporting him because I I can't. I as that is, I, like, I get it. I, I, I I'm not against him for any reason as a person or the way he plays. Like I like I don't like the way Zion plays. Like that's why I don't like Zion. Like I don't like. There's nothing in my body or anything like that that leads me to not like Victor Wembanyama. But I sit here and I look at this Michael Jordan poster on my wall, and I think about how long ago that was and how past people have looked at me and said I don't like the way Steph Curry plays. It's not that I have anything against Steph Curry. It's that I just can't get behind the way he plays basketball. And I can't get behind this new NBA. And I am to that point. And while I do think that there will be a time in his career, and it will be very early on where we are calling him the best player in the NBA, I, I agree. But I am not going to back him. I, I, I get I can't. that. I get that. Because but I agree with you. We, we can't. I can't see him not getting injured. And in my opinion, we can even bring up this conversation. If Zion never gets hurt, he's top five. 
So when I think no. about Victor Wim, yeah, no, his rookie season stats are ridiculous, and that was before injury. And again, perfect situation, no. perfect situation. That I, I know, Brent, you disagree with that, but this no. would be his fourth season, and if he had been playing in the same rate of John Moran, he'd be light years ahead of John Moran. That is my but opinion. For, but for me, I've been, uh, but for me on the Zion thing, I've been saying since Zion was in college, there's no way he makes it through his first season without getting hurt. And that Correct. ultimately derails a career. Like Correct. I like this is something that I've been saying since he has been in college. So I'm never like so that doesn't matter to me. Like if he doesn't get hurt, I've been thinking he's gonna get hurt since before he even got before we even knew he was going to the Pelicans. So like yeah. I'm not so this isn't new this isn't new to me on that. Like I never thought he would be this way because I was assuming this coming before he even got to the league. Yeah, I got you. And honestly, again, we have to go back to the thing we brought up at the very beginning of this discussion. This is the best prospect, the most hyped-up prospect, at least, that we've seen since LeBron James. Now, LeBron was expected to be this amazing thing, and ultimately he had the mental toughness and the drive required to not only live up to those expectations, but ex exceed them. Is Victor Wimbanyana as mentally tough as LeBron James? Right. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, no idea. And ultimately, that's what's going to come down to this more so than anything else. Will Victor Wibanyana be mentally tough enough to handle the pressure? LeBron was. Yep. Will Wibanyana be the same, or will he be a different story? Mm -hmm. I think that's the best question you can ask. That is that gets me hyped thinking about that because if Victor Wibanyana stays healthy, dude, this guy is oh my goodness off the charts. I don't know if y'all saw the video of him shooting his own three pointer. And dunking it back without the ball hitting the ground, he literally jumped and basically lobbed it to himself. Caught it before he even hit the ground and dunked it back. Like a three-pointer. I mean, that is just I, – I can't even envision that happening in a real game, and he did that. And I'm just sitting back thinking, man, Woj has a point because if he stays healthy and everything goes perfect, which I don't think it will, then he will be possibly the best player of all time. But in my opinion – he gets oh, hurt. come on. You can't say yeah. that already. He's not even in the really? league yet. If everything too much. Perfect, yeah, you cannot put this on a young man like this. If you cannot goes say perfect. this about a young player. You, I, can't. you didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. I think Victor Wayne and Miana gets hurt in his first season, if not before the season starts. That's exactly what happened to Chet Holmgren, who has a very similar body style, and he's even shorter than Victor is by, like, three inches. I think he gets hurt, and I don't think we see him play out his full first season. I'm just saying – the, the picture that he has in his mind, then yes, like Brent said, I think it's easy to say that he could be top five after his first couple of seasons. So we'll see what happens. I think this I'm is sorry. all too much, personally. It's, it's too sorry, much. Michael. You cannot put all this pressure on a young guy. You can't. I don't care how good he is. To talk about you, you can't do that to a person. Oh, you're That's what's ultimately going to destroy him more so than anything <laughs> if he busts out, which he won't. But if he does, this is going to be the reason why. Because eighteen-year-olds are not designed to mentally handle this kind of pressure. They're not. Correct. Correct. That's yeah, what concerns me about him more so than anything else. I would just like Man. to uh, like admonish his talent before he gets hurt, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to be the person to say that if Victor Wembanyama does not get hurt and everything goes perfect, then he is going to be at least top five in his third season. So For the record, I said the exact same thing too. Correct. Now, yeah, yeah. If I had to make my, a prediction, he will be a top five player in the league by the time he gets to his third year. But to suggest that he's going to be the best player in the league by then, 
It's stupid, right. in my opinion. There's just no way. There's no way. And obviously, nobody obviously is. success plays a Not part in that. Not even Jordan was at that oh. point by his third season. Not even right. Jordan. Not even LeBron. Right. If those guys can't get, can't get there, I don't think Wibbenyana will. I miss the days when people went to college for three years, too, and we watched them have success. Yeah, I know. I know people don't even go play in college anymore. It's honestly, crazy. For, for it's the listeners, Spotify and succeeded. Apple, Brent is looking you want to know at why Giannis succeeded? MJ. So why is that? Because Giannis had the opportunity to grow within the NBA game. Correct. Because he was super raw coming out of Greece, yep. and he had the opportunity to grow within the NBA game, to learn the NBA style. That was the style of basketball that he knows, really. Victor Wimignana already seems to be very polished in what he's doing over in France. So, will he be able to adjust his play against NBA athletes? That's another question very that physical. we have right there. I just don't very think there's, there's just too many questions around Wimignana to suggest that he's just going to be this all-time generational player that's going to dominate everybody as soon as he enters the league, like best player in the league by his third season. It's too much. It is too much. This guy is 19 years old. Too much he is sucks. 19 years old. We don't even know if he could speak English. He can speak We don't English. even know if he can speak English. He can speak English. And we're already talking about him being the best player in the entire NBA by his third season. Norman, he can speak English. He, yeah, I've seen videos. He can speak English. I've talked to him before. He can speak English. You've talked to him before? Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, cool. again, I think we can look at both of these players that we highlighted today and say, we want to see the best out of you, but we'll that see what some happens. some work. Absolutely. Both of you need some work. One of you needs more muscle, and one of you needs more mental strength. But, Brent, tell us how your week was. Mental, man, and just, mental muscle. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and tell us uh, maybe what you're looking forward to. Just tell us about your week. Um, my week was – oh, look at that. The low battery sign just came up on my computer. Woo. We've been here too long, haven't we, boys? Um, yep. My week's been pretty pretty boring. Um, we had graduation on Tuesday. Um, that, was, that was pretty much um, the extent of my week. Um, haven't done too much, just been training for state. Um, otherwise, uh, I got accepted into Nike Nationals in Oregon um, for June 15th through 18th, so that's pretty fun. Um, get lots of cool stuff for that. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's been a pretty low-key week. I get to go to um, New York with Jake, um, and as I've said to everybody, why me? But I'll be there anyway. Uh, supporting my buddy from the front row as I eat peanuts out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers will be there, but we'll see. But if Probably he is, there will be a picture of me eating peanuts out of his hand. I <laughs> I make that promise. Well, most of my week has been spent with my uh, new job, if you will, over at the Blueprint, just writing and editing other people's stuff as well. Uh, but a few things have happened. Uh, it was the last week of school for the rest of my family. Uh, my little sister finished up her year of kindergarten. Uh, my youngest, my younger brother, not my youngest brother, but my younger brother, uh, he graduated from middle school. He had his eighth grade promotion on Wednesday. So he will be moving on to 
his freshman year of high school next year. Um, and hey, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Not a Does your brother do sports commentating? Oh no, no, that's that's not him at all. No, he's uh he has very different interests. He's a he's a massive gamer. That's his big uh that's his big thing. He likes video games a lot. He's also sports gaming very much into math and science uh, as well. He's very good with those. My specialty math is more Olympics. English and writing and stuff like that. He's more in the math and science expertise there. They Joe do Mount, you need mathlete uh, com- commentators. Mathlete commentators. Yes. Back in my back He's in my heyday, political commentator. I can tell you that he is very down tight with that stuff. He is. He's incredible. So he could probably be a political commentator or a political journalist if he wanted to be. I brought that up with him before. And I think he's taking it under consideration, even though he's not letting it on. There you go. He'd be good at that. Very well spoken, very strong opinionated, stuff like that. I think he'd be good in that role. I will say he could he could make a switch. Back in my heyday, I was a uh and my youngest brother is finally starting to make his way towards the potty. So that's a big development. Are you helping? What? A little bit where I can. Good, good. <laughs> Daddy Roman. Oh boy, we need Why to have did a graphic say that? that. Put Big Brain Roman up, but switch his name to Daddy. Daddy no, Big Brain Roman. No. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we love Noah. My week. Um, we graduated on Tuesday. That was great. After graduation, by the way, I didn't say that yet. Yes, thank you. We got to hoop a little bit. That was fun. Um, got to hoop with our class speaker Jordan Bats, who absolutely killed it, man. He was our man. He was our class speaker, as I said. And we, you know, we all thought Jordan was, you know, he wasn't the best reader. He wouldn't have done the best job, but he absolutely got there and killed it. I mean, only stuttered a couple times, and one of them was intentional because of his speech. So it it was just awesome. Um, So I, I loved hearing from him. Um, and then the boys slept over on Tuesday night um, for a little bit of a uh, post-graduation get-together. That was fantastic. Um, we enjoyed that. Slept um, is a some, strong word. Played some fun games. Slept is a strong word. More like just falling into places, I guess. Jake, Jake passed out on the floor. I passed out with a dog in my lap. Um, it, was, it was great. Yes. Y'all are partying hard. How about it? Happy graduation, guys. <laughs> Daddy Thanks, Roman. <laughs> it was great, man. Um, what else happened this week? I, I filmed a video for the Memphis and May Barbecue Fest earlier today with Chris Beck. That was fun. Filmed a lot of food. Also ate some really good food, some brisket, pulled pork, all that kind of stuff. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. And I will say, if you don't like Memphis, you need to go down there in the daytime because I think that'll change your perspective a little bit. Because it is beautiful, and I think you will get on top of the culture. You just got to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I've always – I've grown up in Memphis, going to Memphis games my whole life. So I've always felt sort of like I, you know, I'm fine, I'm comfortable, but I know a lot of people aren't like that. Go downtown, man. Go visit the river. It's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, my week was good. Obviously, the highlight was graduation and the graduate walk the next morning, uh, Wednesday morning, seeing all the elementary schoolers um, yeah. go chant seniors as I was walking down the hallway. So that was fun. R.I.P. Jim Brown, by the way. Jim Brown passed away this morning. I saw that. Yeah. 87. I'm shocked he lived that long, man. 87. Honestly. NFL running back. 
one of the trailblazers of the game of football, really. So I don't think we as a sports podcast could go without mentioning him at least because right. Legend. For sure. Well, rest in peace to him. And I think that's a honestly, like I said, to live that long as a running back, that's a blessed life for sure, especially with all the success he had. Um, so yeah, rest in peace for sure. Anything else before we head out for the week? Yeah, hopefully we don't go this long without another episode. We'd like to make that happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, we might right. and oh yeah, I'm I've been told by producer Noah. Um we we might go live um next time you see us. Uh, it might be live. So oh, I didn't tuned. know about this. So stay tuned on the Men in Hoodies Instagram this week for updates on that potential um, new little feature. We've been working on that for a little bit, but have ran into some bumps in the road in the past. But it's all figured out now. We are ready to go live whenever it is time. Um, so stay tuned on the Men in Hoodies story this week to see if that may be happening. Also, absolutely. keep the URL in mind, tigerblueprint.com. The site is not going to pop up on Google just yet because Google is still technically marking it as spam. So, so make sure you go to the actual tigerblueprint.com URL in order to get to the site until our site is actually monetized and able to appear on Google and stuff like that. And if you want year old uh, articles about last <laughs> NFL season, you can yes. go to the, you can go to the, <laughs> it was awful. There you the go. Men web- hey, once we finally get our feet under us, we have a website. We, we have a website. <laughs> Right. I was the only one yeah, who ever yeah. did anything on it. Y'all did not help hey, me at all. On that I posted an article. I posted yeah, an article too. I did posted like rent? two or three. Yes. Oh, 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 yeah. At the very beginning, you didn't do. I anything. also, I also created the website. So correct. It's your baby, Brent. Daddy yeah, Brent. Brent. You left your baby out to dry. You left. You left yeah. your baby in the hot car my ba- with my baby. Daddy Brent. Better than Daddy Brent. My baby, my baby has uh, six months worth worth of 2022, 2023 NFL standing updates to to feed off of until we post something again. I think it's going to be okay. There you go. Well, I think y'all wrapped up the episode pretty quickly and pretty efficiently. So thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Men and Hoodies podcast again. Go check out the Men and Hoodies Instagram, the Men and Hoodies YouTube channel if you're listening on Spotify or Apple. Go check out the website. Link will be in the description. We will see you guys next week, and we will have a wrap on how New York City went as well. Y'all have a good week. And tag Aaron Rodgers in your Instagram stories so that Brent can take a picture eating peanuts out of his hand. The water chose me. Hey, he's in the Jets. We'll see what happens, man. (laughs) They play in East Arthur for New Jersey.